Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural, urban, food producers, food consumers. And it's a Monday. Monday leading up to Memorial Day 2023. Hank Vogler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada. I guess we just traditionally have to start with a weather update. What's it like, Kink? Uh, partly scattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like life. It's partly us, scattered. <laughs> they've got us blocked in for heavy rains. And then you look at the weather local weather report and it says point one. So that's heavy rain here. <laughs> hey, everything comes at a tenth of an inch, just one tenth of an inch at a time, and it builds. <laughs> well, speaking of measurements, I'm so happy I can't believe it since Proposition 12 has passed. My wife gets mad at me because she says I snore. And so now we're going to have to get a bigger bed because I got to have room to move around. Just like <laughs> we're going to have <laughs> like a chicken in a cage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to move. I mean, wow. You know, the price of electricity is going to skyrocket with all the electric vehicles checking into the system and shutting down all the coal plants. All these things are going to cost the. These are taxes, boys and girls. These are not accidents. Um, we, we have been a very efficient country for a very long time. Now we're going to pay the price of the green movement by basically tax raises, taxes on electricity, taxes on fuel, taxes on everything. So bienvenidos a Estados Unidos. So, Hank, I was told on Thursday of last week that within now, so Thursday was uh, four days ago, so now within eight days, I will have in my hands a full report that is going to Congress, not not about how electricity prices are going to skyrocket, by how clearly the electric grid cannot handle what the demands will be by the time winter comes, and that there will be significant uh, times of no electricity available. Nationwide, not California, yeah. nationwide. So it's not a matter of just going to pay more for it. They're point blank saying with the destruction. I mean, you just take a look in your back door. You got that wind development center halfway to Delta, Utah from your house in South Spring Valley, which is generating nothing but an eyesore for people driving on Highway 50. And then you get to Delta and you're dismantling the largest power plant in the West. What else do you need to know? The, the proof is in the pudding. You can't continue to destroy reliable energy supplies and think that you're going to have electricity. Well, but I've got current berry bushes out here, so I'll be all right. <laughs> Do they hold a charge? You can, are they like lithium uh, well, batteries? I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was the old... Cut off your nose to spite your face? I mean, are we being dumb here or what? I mean, you just start lining up the environmental movement. There's not one thing that's worked. Wolves are now going to make food more 
expensive. Farrowing crates, more baby pigs will get laid on, but I guess their lives don't matter. Uh, all these things were done for efficient reasons and, and to feed a population and a very competitive business. All of these things, and we're going to take away natural gas, which I thought, I mean, all of these things are just, uh, I mean, it's a, it's population control is the only thing I could think yeah, of. It is. 100%. Somebody in this There's deal no other is going to. Oh, you left they're, out. They're going to freeze to death. You left something. out the one component that has to be discussed. John Kerry, May 10th, at the AIM Summit, hosted by the USDA, saying that 33% of all global emissions come from agriculture. We need to shut down farms. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Here's the thing. He has no authority. He can spout off all he wants. He has no authority. I mean, it's just, uh, you wake up in the morning and you think, you know, I woke up in a parallel universe. This cannot be happening. People can breathe and chew gum at the same time, cannot be going along with this. I mean, it's just. In, in, in all fairness, I was opposed to the pork producers, and I was very public about this with the Pork Producers Council and folks that worked there and wrote a column about it when they filed a lawsuit that would go to the Supreme Court. Would you like to guess, Hank, how much the pork producers at all, so it wasn't solely pork producers, American Farm Bureau helped, there were several ag entities involved. Do you know how much they spent just on the Supreme Court decision? Oh, I, probably $30 million. So I don't think I phrased that right. <laughs> they spent on what ended up being a Supreme Court decision. They didn't spend the money for the decision, but ultimately they did. And you are way off, $700 million. Wow. My initial response, I, I, okay. and I can find the column, it was California asked for this, let California have it. Go sell pork, go sell eggs to people who appreciate it, let California starve. I understand the state is made up 50% of good people like you and I, but th at some point there has to be a hard lesson for people to understand what they've actually asked for. Well, didn't Massachusetts just come up with the same crap? Not just. Uh, they... qu question three was on the ballot in, I believe, 2016. I can look that up quickly. It doesn't matter. Roughly that same time frame, right after California went into effect. California's Proposition 2 went into effect January 1st, 2015. Question 3 in Massachusetts was about 2016, and it led to the same decision. It all starts with chickens in a cage. That's where it all starts. And then yeah. it extends to everything else, including, you know what? Hank Vogler, this is how much ahead of the time he is, ahead of the curve. Everybody's going to have to have free range everything. And so Hank, with his H2A workers ship, shepherding sheep all over Nevada, you know, those tramp sheep herders that go from Utah to San Luis Obispo with his sheep, they, they're free range. They, he was ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, I think I just got run over by a semi on the curve. <laughs> you know, they, these folks don't leave a stone unturned. They're now working on this. Uh, you can hold a, a permit on the BLM. It used to be you had to run livestock. And if you didn't run them for a certain amount of time, uh, 
you could have it taken away and somebody who would run livestock would get it. And the same way with minerals, they want to stop mineral production, all of these things. Well, they also now, you can hold a permit for conservation. Conservation. Well, okay, guess who gets legitimized with that one? I think they wrote the bill. Southern Nevada Water Authority suddenly can say, well, everything we're doing, look what we've done. We've Cadillaced this whole outfit. We're doing everything right because we got a bucket load of money. And, and so we're doing this for conservation purposes. Bingo. So now we're not, you know, and, and, and the, with this bad winter we just went through, there are people that are out of the cow business that are mm. going to have to lease their properties or do something because they cannot, they did not survive the wreck. Well, okay, so, so so Nature's Conservancy, some other group comes in, buys their permits, gives them a bucket load of money for them, and shuts them down or runs one cow mm-hmm. or one sheep. I mean, it's and the government's going to pay them to do nothing with the land. It, it's it, it's extortion <laughs> to remove food production. Yep. So, uh, you know. But hey, I, I, hey, here's the great news. The Fish and Wildlife Association proudly promoted last Friday to be the 50-year anniversary of the Endangered Species Act. And so what that means is now for 50 years, they've been identifying plants and animals that they can remove your property rights with and have a zero. No, not zero. I think they have actually recovered 12 species since they started in 50 years. If you recovered 12 out of 2,500, you'd be fired. Not these people. They get a U.S. postal stamp dedicated to them now. It makes no sense whatsoever. Hank Vogel, Trent Luce. We're back with more Roll Ride after this. Let's talk about maintaining a free and fed America that's accomplished by you activating as a dutiful citizen. Protect the Harvest is here to assist you in being a dutiful citizen. In fact, Hank is talking today about Proposition 12. There is a nice piece authored on the homepage to protect the harvest today. Don't forget, uh, you can celebrate and send in the steward of the land. It's all about the land, folks. We take care of the land. The land takes care of us. Everything comes from earth. Just everything. Don't forget that. Nothing comes from government. Nothing comes from anything other than earth. Without earth, without healthy topsoil, we have nothing. We maintain a free and fed America by maintaining property rights, maintaining soil, maintaining earth, maintaining mankind. Protecttheharvest.com for all of that recipe. Welcome back. Roll right out, Trent Luce, alongside Hank Vogler. Uh... I tried to get Marty to join us today because he actually found that story about the conservation aspect of the federal lands and said, how come you and Hank don't talk about this? I said, Marty, you missed the point. So now they have a a conservation program to eliminate the federal lands rancher. But that's just the next step because what they've been doing with the horses, even though people don't really recognize it, is eliminating your ability to use that land, which is yours. What they've been doing with Endangered Species Act, every single step has been about limiting. That's why you and I came up with a formula where it said the federal land should be producing 110 million protein meals a year from a grazing standpoint. And you say, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you said you think that we're at like 25% of that. What we should be, right? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's been happening. It's been happening. Oh, right here, right here in downtown Hooterville. I'm not kidding you. When Bert Paris asked me to complete his term on the N4 grazing board, I think it was 1988 or 89. I've been on pretty much ever since then. I think I missed one one term back in the early 80s or late 80s. Well, anyhow, N4 and N5 grazing boards were two separate entities. N5 was Lincoln County, Clark County, and uh, I think part of Nye County. White Pine County was in, and Eureka County, part of Eureka County, were in the N4. We had in White Pine County, N4 grazing board, I believe the number was like $176,000, which was our share of the grazing fees that were collected for livestock grazing on the federal lands that went to the grazing board to do projects, to, to do improvements, to, to do all kinds of things. And then N5, I'm not even sure what theirs was, but it, it represented quite a few people. Well, we will have our meeting on June 9th, uh, 2023. Last year, I don't know what it is this year, N4 and N5 are now connected. They are together. They pool all of their money from both grazing districts. And that grand total right now is about $30,000. For both of them. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been a few, you know, things gone sour. So, yeah. Yeah, there, and that's, that's be- already started. And uh, that's before this conservation. You know, Theodore Roosevelt rolling over his grave. He might have been an aristocrat. He might be from one of the chosen families. But he at least understood conservation and didn't think it should be hijacked by preservation. He knew that these resources were here to be used not taken away from people's ability to use them as their property. Well, and look at the, look at all the national parks. He was a hunter. He had trophies. And yes, uh, there was a little probably different variation of what would be considered fair chase today. Pretty near every picture that you saw somewhere in the background, there were some hound dogs. They bathed those animals up and took them. That that was just the way they hunted in those days. So you can't you can't uh, argue about that one. Either. Oh, okay, but let's but, just, so let's, let's just argue about that before we go. That okay. is that is one step to completely removing hunting. What is fair chase? Because we, we, I dealt with this when I was working with the servant people, deer and elk. And so if you didn't have a, it's no different than a chicken in a cage laying an egg. If you didn't have a pen big enough, you couldn't sell a hunt where people could come in there. Does that mean, Hank, that if you, I've been to your, your corral. If you're going to have somebody come there and butcher one of those steers you're feeding, you got to turn them out into the wild. You can't shoot them in the corral. That's not a fair chase. We've been incrementally giving up these rights to feed ourselves. Well, no question about it. How many years ago did we change unalienable rights, God given, to inalienable rights, which can be traded off? Through a democracy. So yeah, we, we've incrementally since practically day one, you know, George Washington's first cousin twice removed went to George and said, Hey, I need to cut a deal with you. How about helping me? And nepotism started. Yeah. Whatever it is, the formula is the same concentration of power. That's why 
in my own little world here, Ira Hansen, a, a state legislator, is trying to get all the rural counties right now to put together a proposal that says we have too many horses from the state. I, I don't know how well it will be. Well, I am, we were supposed to ship lambs on Thursday, which meant we had to dock on Wednesday. Well, that proposal will be before the county commission. So I traded with the very difficult to get, get wheels under sheep right now because everybody's trying to get out at the same time. And, and, and we're all a month late getting out. So, but I ha- I feel obligated to do that, to be there, to at least have my name on that proposal as White Pine County should sign in because they're destroying it. The, the wolves, the coyotes, we just got through helicopter and the sheep, 31 coyotes in the lambing. Um, you think they ate mm-hmm. anything? You think they I, destroyed I, any ability? Uh, I think, you should, I think you should make sure people understand what you're doing with the helicopter. I don't assume they know you're hunting coyotes. Oh, well, uh, when we're, when we're lambing, uh, you know, it just, uh, those baby lambs talking are, are just like a coyote call and, and the coyotes pretty well move in on you. And, uh, we, and they've, they've wiped out all the antelope baby. I haven't seen an antelope baby yet this year. Uh, the deer are down to almost zero because we had a tough winter, no question about it, but there will be no recruitment. So the recovery will not be there. Uh, animals run over on the highway. So to try and stay in business costs about $300 an hour, but uh, we had the helicopter come in and uh, hunted coyotes right in the sheep, right around the sheep, right where they were at. They killed 31 coyotes. How many years? Uh, out of out of. Huh? How many use? How many use? <laughs> How many times did the shooter miss a coyote and get a you? <laughs> oh no! They don't <laughs> shooting coyotes from a helicopter is about like shooting a fish in a barrel. Uh, yeah. No. But, hey. Oh. Hey. I thought you're promoting fair chase. <laughs> well, not when it comes to something <laughs> that is stealing from me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. All, all somebody has to do in New York City when that guy breaks in and kicks the door in and starts to rob him, if he would blow him back through the door with a shotgun, I think they would avoid that particular business. Yeah, I mean, they go even around. Criminals, <laughs> even criminals have brains. I mean, for God's sakes, if you if you got to steal over $1,000 worth of stuff to go to jail, so you, you just you get your calculator out as you're robbing the store. But if somebody blows somebody back through the door, uh, I think they'd go to another business. Yeah. Instead, everybody, oh, well, we'll just move out of the neighborhood. Then the legitimate people in the neighborhood have to get in a, a taxi cab or walk 20 miles to go to a store that doesn't have the same problem. I mean, and don't you think the crooks will start going to those stores? So rather than solving the problem, they're going to go out of business everywhere. There will be no Costco's or Walmart's or CVS's or anything because they can't. The the what the crooks are not going to move out into the suburbs. You got to be kidding me here. Uh, don't <laughs> leave Target out of the mix because news today out that Target is now catering to the transgender crowd and they even have a satanic 
affiliation with this one particular item they're offering for the satanic crowd. Moral of the story is don't go to the big conglomerates. You have to shop at your locally owned mom and pa store. And don't tell me they don't still exist because they do. They've just been crowded off of the front door. That's that, all. You're exactly right. It's not convenient. Stop doing what's convenient. And stop embracing reintroduction of predators that's going to steal your food. I mean, we've been, look at yeah. Colorado. We've been lulled into this trap. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, this will balance, you know, the, the, the wolves will kill all the uh, sick and, and crippled and dying. No, they kill everything that they can get their hands on. You know, wolves or, or are in the Bible. Yeah. It goes back to day one. There were wolves out there. That's why they were shepherds. That's why there were people watching livestock to keep predators away. We've spent, since the beginning of time, since Adam and Eve's grandparents, Bill and Betty, I mean, we have tried to keep predators because basically we are a predator. We consume animals. And that's where we'll pick it up when we come back with the second half of Roll Route. Who would have ever thought in our lifetime we'd be worried about the predator of the two-legged zombie coming to your farm to find food? We're back with more. Excuse me, Hank, your ranch or your farm. We're back with more Roll Route after this. Let's get real for a moment. Coal is a resource God put on Earth for us to burn to capture electricity. There's no doubt about it. It's too reliable. It's too affordable. It's too common sense approached not to use. And yet people have conjured up this image of somehow it contributes to climate change. It's about controlling your life. Take control of your life back. Get the facts about the importance of Lignite Energy and the people behind the scenes that make it happen. Lignite.com. Life powered by coal. Welcome back. We're all route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler as we continue to discuss the right to feed ourselves. That's really at the end of the day what we're talking about, Hank. Do we have the right to feed ourselves? Well, and when you think about it, when we were hunter-gatherers, everybody was out there trying to find a rat to eat, uh, a bug, anything. They could get something in their stomach so they didn't starve to death. You know, one of the nutritionist reasons that they say so many young people are overweight is, is for so many thousands of years as we evolved into a modern man, uh, we had the capacity to live on practically no calories at all. And then when we had food in front of us, we could gorge ourselves. Well, now we can gorge ourselves all the time. So our bodies uh, make us overweight, storing for that bad day. Well, the bad days are not there, but they're coming. So we'll be all right. Uh, I mean, and agriculture, agriculture is nothing. Agriculture used to be everybody right now, even China by 2050, would like to have half of their population off of the farms. More productivity off of fewer acres. I mean, we are the becoming the laughing stock of the world. And if I was raising grain in, in Ukraine or raising grain in France, I would be laughing at the, the, the we are shooting ourselves in the foot. We're cutting off the one treasure that every human being 500, 100 years ago, would love to have. And that was 
food security. And we're throwing that out. And the Endangered Species Act, young man, think about it. We put the sage grouse on the Endangered Species Act when we took away an effective way to control predators. They used to be thick as as starlings. They were mm-hmm. everywhere because predators were kept at a low end. That all it was. Same way with your prairie chicken. I'll bet you if if we had the same attitude of limiting the number of predators out there, there would be prairie chickens out the wazoo. And, and, and they, they would be a, a, probably on a nuisance list. Right now, Utah took the mountain lion off of the game animal list, and it is now considered a predator, and you can shoot one day or night anytime you want. And, and I don't even think you have to have a tag or a license anymore. No, you don't. Because <laughs> they lost so, mu- so much revenue. They mm-hmm. lost bucket loads of money. From hunters, because there was nothing to hunt. People give up. They can go to Cabela's and rent uh, a movie and and, and shoot the biggest uh, mule deer on earth or elk or anything. So the kid doesn't want to go hunting with you. You can sit in the living room and hunt. It seems as though um, as we come up on the halfway point of 2023 and many state legislative sessions have already ended, others are ending, some carry on for oblivion. Utah quietly has done as much to protect property rights as any state in the nation. That's my assessment this this year yep. in, the, in this but, legislative session. Well, and and we've somebody has got to wake up the world. Uh, agriculture, food production is such a small entity. Uh, it's you have to spend seven hundred million dollars fighting a proposal. That's nuts. You know, farmers didn't get up one morning and say, you know what? It'd really be cruel to a pig. Let's put this puppy in a, in a crate to where she can't roll over and kill her baby pigs and then eat them or whatever they do. Turn around. I, I don't, I, uh, uh, I've heard all the stories raising pigs. So let's, let's do that. That'd be really cruel. Let's, let's confine a chicken, uh, in, in a cage. Wouldn't that be great? No. <laughs> the competitiveness of the business drove them to that. People came from all over the world so they could own land. And why did they want to own land? Raise food. And now we're, we're making that an evil thing to do. Wow. <laughs> well, so I've been there, done that. Everything you can do in the pig business, I've done. I was a kid, and I would have, I, I'll never forget. The sow, in one of my first years of farrowing, my own sows, I sat up until 3 o'clock in the morning. We had this little building. It had a, a, a brooder area where the pigs could go get under a heat lamp away from the sow, but there was an open spot. I got the sow with 12 pigs. Man, I was proud as a peacock. I really did something. And I went out there the next morning, and that sow had just rolled over and laid on six of them at one shot. They're all just laying there and, and like... Wieners in a package where the side laid over, rolled over and killed them all six. Yeah. That was my uh, first lesson the same in the importance of, of farrowing crates. Go ahead. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, use the lay on the lamb once in a while. Uh, if you're trying to lamb in a shed or things like that, uh, or even outside, they just 
they don't do it on purpose, I don't believe, but they'll, they'll, uh, lay on the lamb. So uh, all of these things were done. Somebody came up with the idea, you know, if we put her to where she could feed herself, mm-hmm. water herself, and her baby pigs couldn't suckle without her mashing them, uh, that might not be a bad idea. And I'm sure that they're the first farrowing crate probably didn't work very well. It took a while, some engineering to have farrowing crates that were the ones that worked right. So, you know, uh, and, and then to take it to the next the, step the, and the next step is that gestation crate, which quite frankly, I fought for a long time. I'm like, I don't know why we'd put a sow in a gestation crate, but better off out in a group. Now that I've had sows out in a groups, I've had sows in gestation crates and I'm back to having sows in a group. I wish I had my gestation crates back. Hank, vulva biting is the most cruel thing you can ever imagine. And it just bullies and intimidates sows. And no matter how big the group, you have that boss sow that everybody's afraid of. And they're afraid of her because of what she has already done to them. It causes more stress. It causes more poor body condition and pigging problems than if you just had a sow in a pen or in an individual crate where you can protect them and feed them and water them. They got everything they need. In fact, if you give the sow the choice between the two, they will always, 100% of the time, go to that individual crate and lay in there to get away from the bullies. Yeah. Well, chickens have a pecking order too that, you know, grandma used to, I think it was, I think it was a, a, a derivative of tobacco and, and pine tar and put them on it so they wouldn't be pecking each other on the hind end uh, yeah all kinds i mean this is you know well people aren't much better i mean look at no. there's always somebody that's pushing on somebody else i mean that's just the, the nature of the beast you know uh, but it still comes down to private innovation it comes down to your incentive to want to raise 12 baby pigs not raise six because you don't want them dying your 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 job is to make things live and you get rewarded by being able to to buy a new hat or, or get mom, get rid of that old gas powered dishwasher or clothes washer. I mean, you you get things, you get rewarded hey, for hey. your hard work. Kelly might listen to this. She don't know that she could acquire these things. Keep that keep that to yourself. Uh oh, sorry, Kelly. I blew it. I blew it. Well, <laughs> hey, private innovation. Yeah. <laughs> You ever heard of John D. Rockefeller? I think he made a couple of dollars in in the oil business. Well, what was he doing? He basically saved the whale. They were using whale oil lamps till he came along and made kerosene. There, he'd have starved to death if he was making gasoline for cars. There weren't any cars when he started. He was making kerosene. That was the product. It was only later that they started making more gas fracking. You get it at all different levels, whether it's diesel or kerosene or whatever, or jet fuel. They're all fracked at a different level. But John D. Rockefeller saved the whale. Well, he, nobody gave him any credit for that. He was an evil capitalist pig. So, you know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, everything is upside down. And for a reason, everybody, somehow somebody has come up with the idea, not working people, but somebody, some philosopher philosophizing about the future decided that the best thing was to starve a bunch of people to death. So we'd have this perfect utopian world. 
but it's a hunter-gatherer world, boys and girls, so you better figure out how to start making arrowheads. So what I don't understand about all that, which I agree 100%, except it's the people who still have the John D. Rockefeller money that fuel this whole starvation process. That's, Isn't that's, that something? That's hard to figure. That, that that's, the, that's the ultimate guilt, something you and I will probably never suffer from. You make a little money, and you feel guilty because you got some toys that everybody else doesn't have. Or, or, or you get goofy and you can go uh, where Jeffrey Epstein goes. I mean, all this kind of stuff. It's happened throughout history. And what do you do? So the next generation comes along or somebody feels guilty because they didn't earn the money. Uh, wasn't it Carnegie that would never yep. gave his kids nothing? He gave it all away. <clears throat> In fact, Carnegie not only did not give his kids anything, he was the one who lobbied for the estate tax. And today ranchers have to sell their property just to pay the inheritance to rent, to inherit the place that their family has been on for six, seven generations. It all started with Andrew Carnegie. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just, it sounded in his mind cool. And, and, and because at that time it only affected people with a bazillion and a quarter dollars. What yeah. you and I have to figure out if we live another 10 years is what comes after trillion? Is it quadrillion? I don't know. Well, it would make sense. Cause Tri I mean, trillion three, quadrillion my, four. Yeah. Cause in my lifetime, if you were a millionaire when I was a kid, I mean, you, you had her made. I mean, you, yeah, it, it, that was a bucket load of money. Nobody could even concept, had a concept. I saw my mom. I thought she was going to have a heart attack the first time she saw a hundred dollar bill. It just mm -hmm. absolutely, it just shocked her. She, she didn't know what to do with it. She didn't know if she could take it to the grocery store and get change for it. And now hundred dollar bills. You still uh, can't. The kids are packing that around <laughs> for lunch money. No, they don't. They only pack around those cards. You still can't get change for a hundred dollar bill because nobody uses cash at the grocery store or the gas station. Hank, we'll go we'll back to the last segment roll route after this. Never heard that buzz one time where you're at now. All right. My daughter has ears. Now let's talk about Certified Piedmontese. It is a beef niche program that continues to grow. At what point do you not call it a niche? Well, it's still about 25,000 head a year. And that program is based upon the tenderness aspect of the Piedmontese cattle, the genetics of these cattle based out of Italy, but Americanized through generations of testing have generated high performance, high health, extremely high quality eating. There's three highs. That's like a poker hand. Three highs and you got two lows and you win. I don't know about two lows. Order the product. CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler. 18 years later, we still can't get everything figured out, nor do we have trouble finding something to talk about every Monday. Well, in, in, in case we we're going to run short, Hank signs up to be on the White Pine County Commission, which now fuels us for stuff all the time. You got a meeting this week? Well, yeah, I had to put off my dock. And, every, of course, everybody's having trouble. John Nay uh, called up the truck drivers and said, hey, I can't get my camp up the road because of the snow. So I called the Forest Service here because we've got the same issues, big old snow drifts on the north faces. And he said, and Jose, who's a, a 
I don't know how he survived as a bureaucrat. He's he's a very reasonable person. He said that if they were going to try very hard to fix the roads so we could get up and down them. And I said, fix the roads? You need to get me some snowshoes for my sheep. <laughs> what I need. <laughs> I'm sure he got but, right on that because whatever he spends this year, he can expand, <laughs> expand his budget by 8% next year. I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And of course, everybody's a month behind. So I had the trucks all lined up. So I traded out so John Nay could haul his sheep, uh, with the truck drivers so I could attend the meeting so I can have my name stamped on that piece of paper that says we're going to, uh, the, uh, want the horses gathered. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, kind of early in the morning for somebody to be calling you. Well, that's the truck driver right there. Oh. <laughs> he he needs some chains. He can't get up the road. <laughs> well, anyhow, I ruined the tire on the scraper. We're moving some dirt, trying to <laughs> actually. Fourteen years ago is the last time the water ran into the yard, and now we're trying to spread it around. I need to move some dirt and the old tire on the old nineteen seventy one scraper. Uh, went gunny bags three thousand dollars to replace it so i gotta haul it into town to get it fixed so everything's free on the farm you know nothing nothing ever goes wrong and we just sit around and suck on them mint juleps in the shade of the magnolia trees and put that money in them coffee cans i bought an agco alice front wheel assist in 1992 it was a demonstrator model so i got a heck of a deal I think it was $27,000 for that tractor. And, uh, I had to replace the tires last month. First time. $500 front tires, the $500 front tire is what I replaced. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and estate taxes always work out the same way. You're lucky if you have one child. I've, uh, I have six children, five living and, uh, of that, I have one that's interested in coming back. Well, to settle an estate, you know, uh, probably, I don't know if they were going to survive. I don't know if she can survive carrying on uh, what we've taken 50 years to put together here. And it, it's very, <laughs> it's very emotional. It's very hard to deal with that, that when all of a sudden Uncle Sam shows up and says, hey, you know, and Nevada doesn't have inheritance tax, so that helps. And says we want a cut of the pie too. Uh, well, yeah, we sweated out there in the ditch with it. We lived in that sheep camp in '92 when it was 40 below zero, and so now we want rewarded mm-hmm. before the children or before any of your heirs get anything. We we want ours off the top. I informed Betsy that uh, she was waiting in the wings to take over not only Need More Sheep Company, but your part of Monday Roll Route. I think she'd be much more pleasant for me to talk to every week. <laughs> yeah, you know what she said about me? Somebody said, how's your dad? I heard he had cancer again. And she goes, yeah, I think he's got it taken care of. He's like a cockroach. You can't really kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's my daughter. Oh, I wonder where she got her sense of humor. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't imagine. 
Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, I think we need to stop talking about property rights and we need to start talking about the right to feed ourselves because the property rights argument is not going anywhere. People can't grasp it, even if they own something. But the right to feed ourselves, maybe they'll understand. To coin a phrase <laughs> of a great friend of mine, when your belly button's bang your backbone, you seem to pay attention a little better. Well, and how about the price of eggs? Did that jar anybody? I mean, we had the virus. We had all the stuff going. Did, did anybody wake up and go, wow, price of eggs went up substantially? Or did they go, oh, well, Uncle Sam will take care of us? <laughs> I, I think I, I, mean, I think I, the latter, because egg prices, I've actually been in the grocery stores looking at eggs the last three weeks. They're back to $2 and under a dozen. And so it's like, oh, well, that was a little blip. Nobody understood what was really at the core of what was going on here. It was government manipulation just to see how far they could push the envelope. And they found out. It's easy. Yeah. <clears throat> Hank, It's no. there's no justification for fuel prices to be where they're at. But I think it's just to lull people into a deeper sleep. Yeah, because... Because Tesla's going to come along and and put us in electric cars and and uh, and one thing about it, uh, it'll, it the merchants in Ely won't have to worry about me coming in. They're going to have to bring everything out because I can, I don't think I could get to town in an electric car if it was zero. Well, you couldn't get to town anyway I'm, because there'll be no electricity to charge your car. Yeah, and I guess those currentberry bushes, they go dormant in the wintertime, don't they? Doggone it. <laughs> well, there's just no answer to some of these things. <laughs> uh, I did, I just don't remember which side of the house your currentberry bushes are on. Well, they're up in the field. Oh, okay. Hey, if you find a currentberry bush, generally you can dig around there and find a spring. Is they're kind of a water lover. They're kind of not as bad as willows, but they usually grow in a wet spot. In fact, I saw a bunch of currentberry bushes one time on private land on the side of the hill, about halfway up the hill. I thought, ha, that's interesting. So I went up there with my caterpillar tractor, and lo and behold, I got a nice <laughs> spring that came to the surface. Currentberry you know, bushes kind of yeah. got set back a little bit for a while, but. You know, you missed your calling. You could have been a great prospector in 1849. Well, so far, I can about come up with where there are no minerals. Because two or three times <laughs> I've thought, you know, this this looks interesting. And sent it off. Betsy used to work for a mine, and she used to have two or three samples checked for me. And uh, they all come out negative. Uh Minus meanwhile, Bet on <laughs> meanwhile, Betsy has unknowingly accumulated quite a bit of wealth in the last couple of years. Nobody really knows where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder where all those white stakes came from out there. <laughs> yeah, she's a chip off, chip off the old block, no doubt about it. <laughs> so, you know, who who knows what the future holds, but if we could continue to do what, you know, changing Jinping doesn't need an army. He can walk in. He already controls Pinocchio Joe's family and Joe, uh, you know, and, and he's read Ronald Reagan's theory of peace through strength. So he has all those people marching down the street all the time. Uh, 
the regular rank and file people in China would all move over here tomorrow to get, get away from him. So, but I mean, just look around and it's, if, if, uh, if there are Martians or people from other planets come here, they're going to, they're going to turn around and go back. They're going to go, there is no intelligent life on this planet. Let's get the heck out of here. Well, I was thinking it's that just nuts. while Biden was in Asian countries anyway, because he's apparently in Japan, um, if he could just hang out for a week in China and let the Chinese people get a handle on what he's really like, they might think Jing Jinping's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and the thing I always wonder, for years and years and years, the Russians have been fighting with the Chinese. The Indians fight with them on the other border, on the south side of China. Uh, and the Uyghurs, they're Muslims. What about Iran and Iraq and the Muslim nations? And these people are being sterilized, brutalized, sl- enslaved. Uh, they might be making some deals, but in the back of their mind, those are their first cousins twice removed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to. I mean, he's got a, he's got some real issues. And the people in Taiwan, 80% of the chips in the world come from Taiwan. And if they fight and blow up a few buildings, well, where's he going to get the chips to run his war machine? So there's some nutty stuff going on here that, that other than, uh, the left hand is waving. So you don't know what's going on in the right hand. Well, I, I don't. Uh, there, I don't want to go to war, but something's wrong. There's this another example. Taiwan was even formed from a previous dictator who ran off a group of Chinese. Chiang Kai-shek yeah. moved over there. You know, uh, I knew one of the guys that flew those people out of there. His name was Gil Musgrove. Really? And he was crazy about arrowhead hunting. And he was flying them out and they lost an engine and it was, the place was packed. So he called the crew up into the front and said, put your parachutes on, go out the door and jump out. Don't look at anybody. Don't say a word because we're all going to die. They were flying over the Himalayas and, uh, they kicked the door open and he was the pilot. So his last guy out and this guy sitting by the door in perfect English said, what's going on? Where are you guys going? And Gil said, I looked at him and I knew if I said anything, I was going to die. So I said, well, we've lost an engine. We're going to go down and get a new one. <laughs> Jump. <laughs> and he said, you could look up and see him. And they were looking out the window and they just flew into the mountain. Yeah. But they were escaping Mao Zedong, 1949. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. Did he that live? Stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, if you had the conversation and can create the visual so yeah. well, yeah, yeah, that was the year I was born. Now he he's pretty handy to be talking to me then. So that'll do it. <laughs> but we have journeyed down that path, connecting food producers to food consumers for Hank Vogler. And Marty Beard, who lived vicariously through us today without showing up. We both remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route. Let's not forget this is Memorial Week 2023. Every day we should pay tribute and say thank you to the men and women who have protected our freedom to this point. From here on, it's our baby. 
The Wall of Honor understands that. More details about how the Wall of Honor can be replicated all throughout the United States. A monitor in a little establishment. Could be the courthouse, could be the school, could be the local hub or cafe. TheWallOfHonor.org for details.